0: Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and
1: Ben Reikley. Greetings. Welcome on board. WKOK live telephone talk show On The Mark. I'm Mark Lawrence. Mr. Ben is across from me. He's uh, this super businessman, Republican committee person, and knows how to run the copier in the front office, so we'll allow him to do that. This is Financial Friday, where we gather some reaction to the jobless numbers that have come out and uh, also talk to some folks that are uh, sort of the boot Boots in the ground in the business and economic development fields around here. So uh, we're glad to say Art Thomas is in the studio. He's chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, president of MEC Tech and Diversified Construction. So welcome aboard, sir. Good morning. Thanks for coming in. And on the news line with us now is Bob Garrett, president and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. Good morning, sir.
0: Uh, good morning Mark. Good morning Mark. Uh, good to hear you on the radio.
1: I do appreciate you checking in as we heard uh, the uh, so, sort of the the fake news that we always accept that it's 390,000 new jobs created when really it's just backfilling 390 some thousand jobs that were lost in the past couple of years but uh, that uh, falsehood aside did you catch the percentage jobless rate by chance Bob?
0: Yeah, I did. Uh, market uh, unchanged at three point six percent. Yeah, the uh, the number of three hundred ninety thousand jobs. A uh, uh, couple things people need to remember about how this data is is uh, collected. There's a natural churn of about two hundred thousand jobs per year uh, per month. Excuse me, uh, per month uh so you know, always look for a number over 200 or 250,000 or else you're going backwards uh in the labor market so 390 is respectable um uh you know the the commentator mentioned that it's a little bit of a cool off from the month before Sure, uh, but uh, but it's that's a respectable number. Uh, we do expect, or I should say, economists expect that we report on. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball myself, but economists apparently do. Uh, we do expect at some point there's going to begin a slowdown of uh, of hiring, but it hasn't happened yet. As uh, as Tom Cruise says on Top Gun, but not today. Uh so it didn't happen today. Um and uh and keep in mind also the way this data is collected this is data from the second week of May. So all of those high school graduates, all those college graduates going into the labor force uh, tonight, yesterday, the night before, uh, they won't be counted until we get to the July uh, uh, market. Uh, so we'll start seeing those folks entering into the labor force at that time. And, again, that's the natural churn of things.
1: So uh, we'll expect to uh, report on that when we talk in July. All right. And are, your reaction to that. The jobless numbers we're hearing, uh, we still have a worker shortage around here, so this is all just a tiny asterisk in our lives, but your reaction?
2: I, too, noticed uh, the reporter's comment about it being slightly down from last month. I think some of our early sources prior to today indicated there may be a, an adjustment downward from last month's numbers. And apparently that hasn't happened, or at least the adjustment hasn't taken place yet. But, yeah, 390,000 still looks good. 3.6% is good. You know, what's amazing is uh, we had numbers like this pre-COVID, and we were rolling along, kicking butt, taking no prisoners. And uh, we have the same numbers again, but we're scared. Got to figure that out.
1: (laughs) All right, Ben, some reaction to what you're hearing. Uh, 3.6% unchanged jobless rate, 390,000
3: new jobs, says CBS. Positive in some ways, but uh, as uh, Jamie Dimon, the CEO, President J.P. Morgan, yesterday talked about the hurricane coming. Uh, It's... uh, hopefully going to be more positive here, but guys uh, out in the uh, out in the real world it's not looking as positive as we hope. I, this is uh, good solid numbers here, but we're not seeing anything uh, in the future that looks like it's going to get any better. And I think uh, even the President's words were we can't turn a switch to fight gas prices. We can't flip a switch to fight food prices. So uh, I think we're running... Uh, we might be as... Uh, the one artist said we might be running on empty right now when it comes to momentum for the economy. There are some positives, there, you know. There's jobs out there and that, but boy, right now we're um, we're seeing some things in the industry that are. Uh, good of they're raising eyebrows right now. If they're raising them right now, I hope we can get through the summer and into the fall. We have such a severe worker shortage uh, in the whole
1: business community. I'll go around the panel and we'll we'll start with Art. This idea that there are not enough people interested in working.
2: You know, I think a big part of that is the boomers that retired early during COVID thought they had enough money to make it. May or may not, we can only hope that they're going to come back into the workforce So we're just not producing enough new people to get into the workforce to replace those that have left, and it's just making things more expensive. You know, I tie it all to gas. It's all to gas. You know, we talk about gas because that's what we drive in our cars, but let's not forget where diesel is. I think diesel's well over six now, Mm -hmm. and that's what's transporting all our goods and services. Um, You know, one of my companies uh, furnishes and installs stair glides for uh, aging and persons with disabilities. and I've seen our stair glide cost go up 35% in the last six months. And those stair glides are manufactured not here in Sunbury. You know, they need to be transported. In some cases, the shipping goes overseas. So it all goes back to the gas. We kept... The country kept gas prices down for years, and that has exploded, and I think that's driving everything with the shipping of goods and services.
1: Ben, this idea that worker shortage really is, you can add all the jobs you want, but we've got this big anchor that's weighing us down.
3: Well, you talk about worker shortage, I throw something into the mix, though. Work ethic shortage. <laughs> the ethics of work, meaning that... You don't show up, and that's working. You show up, and you actually do work. You perform duties that help your employer or help yourself make money. Hey, Ben,
2: uh, you don't show up, you don't call off, and that's okay because we need you back here tomorrow.
3: Well, that's exactly right. So uh, I, I would show worker shortage. I would throw in a work ethic shortage.
1: All right? And, Bob, a, a reaction to that, and then we'll get to our calling guest. Go ahead, Bob
0: yeah well, and this will be a nice uh, secudor into our call in gap, uh, because, as the commentator mentioned at the uh, at eight thirty, the uh, one of the biggest things that the economists are starting to watch is what's this going to do to wages? Um, a worker shortage, you know we all un- understand supply and demand as there's less and less people in the labor force, they become more and more valuable. Um, and uh, you know uh, we said for a while that they would like to see wages get up a little bit. Well, wow. Uh, it, 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 if the wages keep up with inflation, we're going to be in a in a a, a mad cycle. Uh, now we don't want people to slip backwards, uh, but uh, but um, but you know if wages start to go up, uh, that's going to me- make a difference. But will that bring more people into the labor force potentially? Um, uh, will that be anti uh, infla uh, anti inflammatory? I guess you would say uh, possibly, um, but. I guess uh, I guess what, what I want to start to do, and I want to pick up your challenge, uh, Mark, that you uh, put out to us is, hey, let's shift our focus on talking about inflation and this really nagging problem we're starting to have uh, in the greater Susquehanna Valley with business closures. I would add to that nagging problem is that we've been slow growth for decades, uh, probably for more than five decades, and as we know from the last census, we went backwards we, uh, we need more people, not less people, and we went backwards. We just don't have enough people uh, to fill all of the positions that are being created um, uh, in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Sure with-
2: seems like we're building ourselves to a perfect storm. Mm, yes, and
3: again, you look at uh, what's going on with the economics around the world. So, Art, you're talking about what the perfect
1: storm well, let me interrupt there. Nathan Benefield's on the line, senior vice president of Commonwealth Foundation. Uh, first of all, Nathan, the easiest question you'll get all day, just a quick reaction to the jobless numbers uh, that we're seeing. 3.6% unchanged joblessness, 390,000 uh, jobs, uh, new jobs uh, created, supposedly. Go ahead.
4: Uh, yeah, I
5: mean... My, my quick reaction to that uh, you know, and, and looking at kind of beneath the line because, you know, the unemployment uh, rate uh, usually gets the headlines of how, how we're doing the unemployment rate. Um but kind of looking down a little bit on the uh, labor force participation rate um, because that's kind of what uh, we've seen a lot of people dropped out of the, the labor force and uh, this finds that, you know, kind of un, unchanged in the last month and that um, still the labor force participation is about one, you know, one percent, one percentage points below uh, February 2020, uh, it's kind of the pre-pandemic high, which, you know, means that, you know, 1% of the population has dropped out of the workforce entirely in the last two years. And I think that's, you know, what we see causing a lot of the labor shortages, uh, at least in, in part, is, uh, so many people who, um, aren't working or aren't even seeking work uh, anymore these days
1: now you wrote a piece recently what's causing inflation I already know that answer I've been watching MSNBC and they said it was the war in Ukraine so <laughs> I'll answer it right now but you can elaborate on some of the other factors that are associated with inflation uh, yeah yeah,
5: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah I wrote in that piece I mean the main uh, cause is kind of you know ignore or, or you know politicians pretending they don't know what causes inflation um, is uh, is spending and, and government spending uh, and the fact that you know, over the last two-plus uh, years, three years, uh, we've dramatically increased uh, federal spending, federal debt, uh, and really, you know, the Federal Reserve uh, to to help pay for that spending, printing money. Uh, and there's more uh, money being printed, the money supply goes up, uh, the value of the dollar goes down. And that's, you know, Milton Friedman wrote about that decades ago of inflation when it's across the board is always driven by monetary policy of the printing of money, that's what we're seeing now. uh, It's coming true in fruition. And why you have inflation across the board. Uh, And certainly things, you know, the war in Ukraine did affect gas prices. Uh, Some of the supply chain issues have affected prices. Uh, Chip shortage has affected the price of cars. Um, But really, uh, the driving factor is, is... government policy and government spending.
3: Well, Nathan yeah. Ben Wrightley here. I would agree with you politicians don't know what inflation is, but for God's sake, we we had the we have the Secretary of the Treasury, former Fed chairman Janet Yellen as confused as can be on what inflation was transitory non-transitory i'm not sure i guess i missed it i mean you you got a this isn't a three ring circus in in, uh, washington right now it's a nine ring circus i don't know and there's no ring masters that's the problem but you you have people who have been boots on the ground supposedly in this industry of understanding economics who are not understanding economics? And here's a dirty little secret about Putin's oil. Putin's oil still been flowing. So how did the prices go up dramatically?
5: Yeah, that's. I mean, it's kind of a myth that uh, it has effect because it is. You know, some of it is based on the futures and future projections. Um, but really, gas prices had been going up for the last two years, and there was a, you know somewhat of a spike um, when in Putin, you know, the invasion of Ukraine. Um, but then it's continued to go up, and they've gone up the last couple weeks, which have uh, you know, so there's there's many factors in the price of gas. It's not simply uh, the Russian invasion of, of Ukraine. Um, that's it's kind of a, like you know looking for something to blame. And that was you know I point out the origin, original one was hey this is just transitory. It's going to go away. Uh, prices are going to go back down. Uh, we've seen that's not the case. That it's gotten gotten worse continually. Uh, prices continue to go to go up. Uh, and and for families that's a, a major impact on their ability to buy groceries, get gas, um, travel. Um, I even saw a story yesterday was uh, some people are putting off retirement uh, because of the the cost of inflation.
1: Art Thomas, please.
2: Yeah, hey, Nate, Art Thomas with the Chamber. Obviously, I agree that I think you nailed it with the federal spending. Uh, As we see this uh, growth in wages and lack of workforce and increased pricing of all kinds of materials and services and goods, We know that over the next three to four years, there's going to be an unbelievable amount of federal money poured into our county and municipal governments. And that's what's going to sustain, if anything is going to sustain, is all our government entities are going to be spending money for capital improvements, and those jobs are going to be prevailing wage jobs, and as wages go up and as materials go up for Ben's products over here, water and sewer lines, uh, we're going to see all this money spent on capital improvements, and it's going to be like we're overspending (laughs) to get these projects done, and that may falsely prop us for a few more years. What are your thoughts on that?
5: Yeah, I think that that's certainly a, a, an issue. That um, you know, all this um, money that you know, it's still sitting there that from the uh, for the counties for the state. Um, there was a story today about how the governor's is giving uh, bonuses to state workers uh, for to thank them for all of their uh, their hard work this year. Uh, a lot of people complain, you know, telling them that they were you know at home and not doing their jobs for the last couple of years, but they're getting getting bonuses because of this. Uh, all, the, all this money out there, uh, I think that is a, a, a concern in terms of uh, you know contributing to the drive you know of wages going up and costs for, for uh, the private sector. Uh, and I know you guys were talking earlier about kind of the you know wage increases. Um, the numbers in the, in the jobs report has you know wages hourly earnings increased five point two percent in the last year, which historically is a pretty good you know hourly increase. Uh, and I think most. Uh, workers in in their perception would say a five percent increase is is pretty good, but when you compare that to in inflation, um, people are earning less really. And so, um, for small businesses to be able to keep up with that kind of uh, wage increases, uh, even to keep up with inflation, is is, is going to be a huge challenge. And I think uh, I think you guys are seeing that struggle of why it's uh, why it's hard to find workers is partly because uh, they they want more more money, and and a lot of the employers are simply don't have those resources to be able to pay that.
1: Yeah, that's why you go to a lot of local businesses. You see the owners at the counter waiting on mm-hmm. him because they, they can't do it. Bob, uh, I'll hand it over to you, your guest.
0: Yeah, thank you, uh, Mark, and uh, thank you for being on, uh, Nathan. Uh, two-part question. Uh, the first part uh, is actually a clarification uh, we've said that you are affiliated with the Commonwealth Foundation, a Harrisburg-based think tank. Maybe you could take a, a second and just explain to people what is that. Uh, you know, a lot of people hear about think tanks, etc. may have even heard of the Commonwealth Foundation. Maybe tell us a little bit about that. And then the second part of the question, more substantive, is um, is uh, not no one less than the uh, CBO, the Congressional Budget Office, I read this morning, agrees with you, uh, Nathan, and the things that you wrote in your article which I read uh, on Sunday, uh, the CBO came out today and said, yep, Nathan was right. Now, they didn't actually say that, Nathan, but that's, uh, that's what I read between the lines. And what they're projecting is actually this inflation now is going to go to the end of next year. My question for you is, um, you know, we're, we're not uh, in uh, Ben's nine-ring circus. We're, we have boots on the ground. We've got to do something. Is there something we can do uh, to help uh, uh, do our little piece? Uh, to help this uh, put this puzzle together of getting on top of inflation, getting on top of these uncontrolled spending uh, that seems to be going on. So, first part is what's the Commonwealth Foundation. Second part is what can we do about this?
5: Yeah, sure. Those actually fit together. You know, the Commonwealth Foundation. You know, we use the phrase think tank. Uh, now, people don't necessarily know what that that is. Um, we focus on public policies and doing you know research analysis of. Uh, policies and, and Commonwealth Foundation is focused on the state level, so really on on Pennsylvania, um, what uh, policies uh, lawmakers can enact in, in state capital that will uh, help Pennsylvania flourish. And so it's you know growing jobs, growing the economy, um, keeping taxes taxes low, um, solutions to problems, uh, you know focusing on different policies, including education, uh, you know school spending. Um, labor policies and and, and that gam the gamut of policies that uh, really affect uh, people's uh, people's lives and, and and livelihoods. Um in terms of answering the question kind of what what can we do, um, you know, looking at it from kind of the state level, all right, what can state lawmakers do to help? Um, one is simply, you know, start with controlling the the growth of government, um, putting spending in line and then you know at the state level, at the local level, it's it's all levels of government that have I kind of overspent and you know tried to overstimulate the economy um, and and paying people in many ways paying people not to work uh, and and changing those policies. Um, but it also can be you know at the state level you can't do much about you know the Fed printing money and, and overspending at the, at the federal level, um, but can do things to alleviate the costs for for businesses. Um, there's been a, a package of, of small business tax relief been, been proposed that has, has been moving. Um, that's something we think would really help uh, help small businesses deal with those demands for higher wages. Uh, and, you know, a lot of the regu- regulatory relief and getting rid of a lot of the red tape that a lot of uh, businesses are dealing with, uh, and certainly in, in our energy sector, a lot of the, the regulatory burdens are what's preventing uh, pipeline construction, getting goods to market, uh, which really, you know, obviously affects uh, electric prices and, and gas
1: prices. All right, one question from our audience, and then Ben has a question. How much of the gas price hike? Gas price hike has been refineries not running at full capacity.
5: I um, I, I couldn't put a number on that per se, but certainly the the issue of you know um, not being able to you know get uh, you know full capacity, not getting, be able to get some things to to market. Uh, you know, some of the pipeline issues have been uh, been significant. Of uh, you know, we don't uh, you know. It's not just you know, Biden has canceled some of the pipelines that you know, to bring uh, oil in. in. Um, there's been pipeline issues getting across you know from Pennsylvania through through New York. New York's kind of had kind of this pipeline ban, uh, and so some of those infrastructure issues are, are very much tied to the price of gas.
3: Well, Nathan, let's look at this way. You talked about it. We we got bonuses going to state workers for working at home. I'm sure they did well as you hope they did. But I look at the bureaucratic red tape. And uh, talking about the nine-ring circus, but you look at the bureaucratic red tape in Washington, but you look at it locally. So you guys are on a local level. It took – it's taking permitting years, not months, to get movement in the economic – pipeline, and that is slowing down Pennsylvania. We lost... U.S. Steel was going to put a billion dollars into a plant outside of Pittsburgh. It took them two and a half years to get permits. They left. They went to Arkansas. Before they got out of the state of Pennsylvania, they were breaking ground in Arkansas. So, when, when you're looking at Pennsylvania, though... I mean, DEP, as, as we hear people stand for, don't expect permits. I mean, this is this is the cog in the wheel for the Pennsylvania economy machine, and and how do, how do we overcome that? You talk about policies and controlling the growth of government. How can we move government out of the way?
4: Yeah, that's
5: that is a I think one of the biggest issues, and what we hear from all, most employers of, of um, the, the cost of regulations and the cost, you know, and DEP being one of the worst agencies, um, and it is. You know, there have been proposals to uh, give more oversight into some of these regulations, um, to start having a a thorough review of repealing some of these regulations, because there's literally hundreds and hundreds of thousands of regulations that businesses have to to deal with. Um, And then one thing that really needs to be done, and this has to be done at the executive level, is changing the mentality of these agencies. And You mentioned DEP. Um, In some states, DEP, you know, their their state agency, you know, concerned with regulatory, you know, helping the environment – is working with businesses to, like, all right, we're going to help you be compliant with these regulations and, and you know, get the right equipment and everything. Um, here, it seems like the DEP is is the mentality of trying to find and stop and block things, uh, block progress. Uh, and those delays have made Pennsylvania one of the more unfriendly business states. And, and as you mentioned, uh, businesses are going to other states. Uh, because they can get the same work done much, much more quickly because of a bit, just a better permitting, better uh, regulatory environment.
1: so much more to cover. Nathan, thank you so much for your time and, and your information. Uh, we certainly will have you back and uh, try to cover more of these topics. There's so many dynamics that are impacting business that uh, should be brought up and talked about. So thank you, sir.
4: Yeah, thank you for having me
1: on. Very much appreciated. Nathan Benefield, Senior Vice President of Commonwealth (laughs) Foundation. Uh, they got 30-some employees uh, down there in Harrisburg trying to make a big impact on uh, business and the world. Bob, you stand by. We're going to take a quickie break. Uh, Bob, can you stay a little bit after 9 o'clock? I know you're out and about gallivanting. You can. Okay.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no problem.
1: Okay, stand by one second and we'll take a quick break and on the mark we'll be right
6: back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service
1: Bumper music chosen by a man who just drove to the Carolinas, that is, uh, <laughs> yeah, running on empty. Um...
3: James Brown, right? Yep, I guess. Oh, no, no, not James Brown. James Brown. Jackson. Jackson. Thank you. James. Jackson, James James's cousin, Jackson Brown. Yeah, even Bob knows that.
6: I feel good.
1: All right, Bob, we'll let you close out, but we will extend about five minutes into the top of the hour after the CBS News. Uh, you got a moment here to kind of talk about some things coming up, and then we're going to talk about uh, what Nathan talked about in our after news talk. Go ahead.
0: <laughs> okay, just want to tell you, I was accused of gallivanting. Just want to tell folks I'm at the LSE uh, annual Guy Temple breakfast this morning where the class is graduating 700 graduates of LSV as of this year's class the 27th class of that uh, and when we come back I'll tell you about all the events coming up at the chamber And what better normal looks like here in the Greater Susquehanna Valley?
3: So, LSV, what's that stand for? (laughs) Leadership Susquehanna
0: Valley. Susquehanna Valley.
3: Valley. Come on, Bob, you're at your Pilates class, (laughs) and you're you're (laughs) going (laughs) to delay it until uh, we get off the air. All
1: right. So, jobless numbers three point six percent unchanged. You'll hear some words about that, and they'll have uh, some bias analysis coming up shortly on CBS News. Three hundred ninety thousand supposedly new jobs uh, created. (laughs) And uh, uh, Kevin says, I'm one of the seven hundred. And uh, so it's uh, 701 because of Kevin's contribution to leadership, Susquehanna Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, labor participation rate way up uh, 62.2% last month, 62.3% this month. So but down 1.1% from a year February ago, of 2020. Right. <laughs> we're, we're trying not to talk about the trench. We're still bouncing along the bottom. Ignore the San Andreas trench. We just made it over. All right. To be continued, we're going to continue the Financial Friday conversation sponsored by the Sunbury Motor. Company and the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce. After CBS News, this is WKOK Sunbury.
0: News Radio 1070 WKOK presents On the Mark. It's a chance to voice your opinion on the events that affect life in the Susquehanna Valley. Call 1-800-795-9565 or email onthemark at wkok.com.
1: Now, here are your hosts for On The Mark, Mark Lawrence and Ben Reikley. Welcome on board, WDKOK's live telephone talk show on the mark, sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. We're right in the middle of our Financial Friday discussion. We had Nate Benefield here, Senior Vice President of Commonwealth Foundation, and he's an expert on a wide range of topics, but of course, you don't need to be an expert to know that government spending is uh, significantly contributing to the uh, inflation that we're enjoying, which is why people laugh so heartily when someone said, well, one of the ways to beat inflation would be to give people a stimulus package to give them mm. more money, and I think that got laughed out of Washington, believe it or don't. We got Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce on the line, Art Thomas in the studio, Chairman of the Greater Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, President of Mectec Tech and Diversified uh, Construction, and uh, Ben Reikley's here, Republican committee person, business person, co-host on our show, so welcome back, men. I want to start out with Bob. Uh, we did enjoy the answer from Nate, this idea of a work. Worker shortage what are the biggest anchors that are holding down businesses today what do we got to overcome to really help businesses thrive is it is the biggest one regulation is it the worker shortage or inflation or diesel what's the biggest one we'll start with Bob
0: well really uh, uh, mark we I, I think it possibly was Ben uh, maybe art that pointed out we're we're up against a perfect storm. And we really have to fight this thing the way you would fight a perfect storm, and that is... Uh, at all, at all areas, whether it's the worker shortage, whether it's, uh, inflation, whether it's, uh, the supply chain, et cetera, et cetera. We have to find the solutions. And that's what we try to do each and every day at the Chamber of Commerce is, uh, help our members find the solutions to not only, uh, survive, but thrive, uh, through this period. Uh, we've been through, uh, times of inflation before. We all remember 40 years ago when the inflation was this high. And, uh, I think we called it the Jimmy Carter, uh, misery index at the time uh, check me on that uh, historians in the room but the I think it was called the misery index what we have to do is make sure we move through this misery index as quickly as possible and uh, and move this pain out of the way so we can get back uh, to the prosperity uh, that we have tried to create uh, now for well over a century at the chamber well
3: Bob and you say about thriving and I'm a Big proponent of organic growth, not just out of ripe bar farms, but uh, uh, you know real growth, meaning how do you how do you put the equation together for economic growth when you want to grow your businesses here, create more commerce with the businesses here, but then bring in new businesses because when worker shortages, when you bring in new business, As I hear from some other business owners, there's a, uh, "Mm, boy, that's great. We're getting new business. Now I'm going to compete harder for the workers that aren't there.
0: Right. Yeah, uh, Ben, and I I think you know, uh, maybe you're setting me up here, uh, you know that the greater Sussman Valley Chamber of Commerce is unabashedly, unapologetically a uh, retention and expansion chamber of commerce. We don't have uh, an in house economic development operation. Uh, we had an affiliation with Sidco. Sidco uh, uh, sold its final piece of property, a piece of property that, for the record, it was on the market for 51 years uh, at about 3 p.m. on December 31st. Uh, so now we have set aside uh, that formal economic development, and we focus on retention and expansion. Having said that, uh, however, we are huge supporters of organizations like focus central p a drive cetacog, et cetera uh, because uh, ben i you know I'm, i i'm sometimes accused of being a simple country guy. And in this case, I am, because I know this. You cut your hay when the sun shines. The sun is shining right now. Now is the time you need to be fill backfilling in, getting ready to fill those positions that come from the natural churn of businesses opening and closing all the time. So uh, so this is the time to take advantage of that. A big eye-opener for me, quite honestly, was when I was invited to the pre-announcement meeting for Encina. That's the large a uh, cracker plant that's going to be going in up in uh, up in Point Township on, along Route 11 uh, that's going to take plastics that, that had not previously been recyclable. They're going to crack them. They're going to break them into their components uh, there. And they said, hey, we're going to create 400 jobs. And, you know, I was in the audience. So I put my hand up, had a couple questions about their process. I said, 400 jobs, where are you going to get those employees? And they said, you know, Bob, honestly, 390 of those 400 jobs those people aren't here yet. Uh, they don't live in the greater Susquehanna Valley. They don't have the skills yet. So what we're doing at the Chamber is we're encouraging our vocational schools. We're encouraging our, uh, higher, our institutions of higher learning, uh, Penn College, et cetera. I'll be participating later this morning in a major announcement between Lackawanna College and uh, Susquehanna University, where they're going to be getting ready uh, to bring on some plastics curriculum. Uh, So, uh, so those are we're going to try to do some of that organically. Uh, But the fact of the matter is, we live in a slow growth now. uh, 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 We went backwards the last. Uh, decade, uh, according to the censuses, we're going to have to recruit the people into the valley for a lot of these positions that are being created at this point. So it's economic development in a way that we used to we didn't used to think of it. Uh, This is economic development uh, uh, that's going to continue to build on the prosperity of our valley.
3: Cracker plant's a huge potential and that, that moves us into a next level manufacturing type of business. So it has a huge potential. All right.
2: Art. Uh, Just a couple points. Your question, Mark, about uh, businesses, uh, the burden that the businesses are facing right now, combination of not having the workforce needed to meet the demand that's coming in uh, with people being shut in for so long, They want goods and services, and they want them right now. And we don't have enough people to provide the goods and services to the customers that want them right now. And we're being faced with an increased cost of goods and services that we encounter as business owners. So it's not just the people, the individuals, that are experiencing this inflation. It's the businesses are experiencing it, too. And the businesses have to stay on top of increasing their prices, increasing their hourly rates, increasing the cost of the goods they provide. And if they don't stay ahead of that, they go under very quickly. So that's part of the problem that the businesses are facing, is not only the workforce, but the cost of goods and services they have to purchase. And touching on, Nate, real quick. Quick, not only did he hit it with the federal spending, but he hit it with the participation. I say this at least every other month. The participation rate is the key. we got to get people back in the workforce. It's incredibly sensitive. If you look at the last month pre-COVID, we were at 63.4. And in the midst of the worst, when we were all at home, zooming our meetings, figuring out how we were going to do it in March and April of that year, we were only down to 60.5 or so. So the range, 63.4 to 60.5, and everybody knows how many people were out of work in March and April And we were only down to 60.5. And when things are good, we're only up to 63.4. Well, we're down at 62.3 right now, which is only 1.1% down. But that's a million and a half or so jobs. And how are we going to get people to participate again? Well, the government first gave out the money to the people. And now the government gave out the money to the state and local governments. So the people are going to run out of money. And when they run out of money, they're going to go back to work. And they'll be able to go back to work to work on the federal and state and local contracts that will be out there for work to do.
3: (laughs) But the 1.1 are quality of people. Experience the people who've left the workforce experience the new folks coming in. There's a quality experience, there's a gap.
1: Okay, let's focus on solutions during the last part. Uh, We'll start with Bob again. Just what are the solutions? What do we got to do?
0: Yeah, one of the things we're going to be doing is uh, later this month, uh, Mark, during our lunch and learn, we're going to be presenting with our, our partners that we call our Community Prosperity Alliance. That's all of the Main Street managers, the downtown managers. Uh, throughout the greater Susquehanna Valley. We're going to be presenting a concept uh, to the valley, to the local businesses, where we're going to create some incentives for folks to come to this area and and not only uh, to experiment with uh, working here, but working, living, playing, all those things uh, in the greater Susquehanna Valley. This is something they're trying up in the PA Wilds. Uh, seems it's been successful. The concept is that uh, you know, you, your people are moving out of Manhattan, they're moving out of these highly urbanized areas, out of Philadelphia, et cetera, and they're going one concentric ring outside of those cities. What we're saying is, hey, come two or three more concentric rings, come on up and try out the greater Susquehanna Valley See if it makes sense for you to be here. As I as I'm fond of saying, we we don't have enough people, and one of the solutions we're going to work on is uh, is that we're going to uh, is try to bring more people to this area. And the other is, you know, the, the chamber has always been an advocate for limited government. This it is now more than ever. This is the time for limited government. This is the time for us to do something about the foundation, about the, the uh, about uh, the business. Uh, climate of Pennsylvania, and we're going to be working with our elected officials. We'll have G.T. Thompson in on Monday, our new member of Congress. Uh, talking to him about that and how he can use uh the the new AG bill to make that happen, so your chamber is uh in conversation every day uh with our elected officials we're We're coming at this multi pronged approach and uh and one thing we're not encouraging is the governor uh, that the government I meant to say uh keep handing out a uh, blank check all right uh, let's that, wrap up that just didn't work
1: What's going on with the chamber this month, and we'll get closing comments from everybody at the panel. We'll start with you.
0: Okay, uh, and uh, uh, just uh, mentioned about uh, June 22nd, uh, we are Lunch and Learn. Uh, We have GT Thompson in town on Monday. Uh, If you'd like to come to that, uh, just let me know. This afternoon we're over at the uh, ceremonial signing of an articulation agreement between Lackawanna College and uh, Susquehanna University, you know, the, we talk about the continuum of, of education. This is one more example where that continuum is just getting stronger and stronger and stronger. Um, and, uh, and that's pretty well wraps up a uh, great weekend coming up in the greater Susquehanna Valley. Make sure you get out and enjoy everything that's going on.
1: Sure, go to the airport. That's where they're having their open house. Ben, an additional comment we are talking just focusing on solutions as we wrap up here. Solution. Thank you, Bob. Thanks for calling in. Still there, buddy? Yeah. Thank you, Mark. Yeah, thank you. We'll talk next time. rolling his mat
3: out for his Pilates class. Is he now? Okay. Solutions, sir. Uh, Real quick, uh, Lloyd Smucker, Congressman, uh, Pennsylvania, is uh, down in Lancaster, Effort area, has proposed an H2C visa change adjustment. He is proposing a three-year visa. Not for agriculture but for hospitality and manufacturing and i think part of the solution is to get the immigration problem under control and look at worker visas and use it in a positive manner to start filling the gaps so some potential coming out of washington who would have thunk it mark there is potential for good out of Washington. Alright, solutions Art to add to our conversation help
1: wrap us up.
2: Well, surprise, surprise Art is frugal. Uh, cut your shoulder to the <laughs> wheel and keep it there. Um, save your money for a rainy day. Put off that Hawaiian or Mexican vacation and put it in the banks for when things might slow down so you're ready for it and can ride through the wave.
3: Art, take a vacation in North County. Do a staycation. Comes, come see beautiful, what is it, Northumberland? 250 years. Sunbury,
2: 250. Northumberland, 250. 250. Staker Staker 250. Oh. Kayak down to Pennstown. And we get ready Go. for four more years of 250 uh, of the yeah, United States. On. It's going to be a lot of fun. Enjoy, right e- here.
3: enjoy your surroundings. Give her to Mount Carmel. Alright, a- enough. I've got to stop you guys.
1: Thank you both so much for coming in. Ben, you stick around. Oh, I'm going to need you. some good conservative <laughs> viewpoints here to squelch my liberality. Thank you so much, Art. Thanks for That's coming good. in. We thank Bob Garrett, President and CEO of the Greater <laughs> Susquehanna Valley Chamber of Commerce, Art Thomas, Chairman of the Great God save the Queen! Thank you so much. Appropriate bumper music. I hope everybody's enjoying the Jubilee. Well, platinum, I've been
3: glued to it. Platinum Jubilee, great. And and for CBS to talk Meghan Markle and uh, Prince Harry, they're, they're distractions more than anything. That's about the Queen. It's about her family. Is it? It's not about uh, two outliers. But, okay. But the press likes to try to beat it, and it would be your buddies from CBS, which sometimes stands for Certified. One eight hundred seven nine five
1: nine five six five. Our telephone number. On The Mark sponsored by the Sunbury Motor Company. Check them out at sunburymotors.com. Our toll-free line is open. Call us 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at wkok.com or text us at 70236. Include the keyword OTM. we got a dozen emails left over from yesterday, so we'll get to as many as we can. We had a wide range of topics. Christian nationalism came up. President Trump's big lie. Uh, Let's see. We talked about gun laws on a couple of two, three occasions so and we've had a discussion so far talking about uh, unemployment and the participation rate and uh, diesel fuel prices still going up and government uh, overspending fueling inflation mm. and we've uh, tried to talk a little bit about solutions as well too. What's up
3: That's good which big lie?
1: Uh, oh, that the election the was stolen. The hoax,
3: the Hunter laptop, and nothing. No, that the election B. was stolen. That's oh, not, okay. They're not
1: President Trump's lies. Okay. Those are other people's lies. <laughs> well, anyway, that, well, I said, okay. which big lie? President Trump's big lie. That Johnny that the Depp was loved Amber
3: Heard
1: right, at yeah. one time? The man whose dashboard is nothing but rearview mirror. It's weird. All right, finally, volunteer in the news. Here we go. Volunteer fire companies converged on a home in Milton Thursday night. The house was heavily damaged in a fire that broke out around 10 p.m., CSR 911 tells us they did not monitor any reports of injuries in the fire at 410 Myrtle Street. Multiple volunteer fire companies responded, including Milton, Mahoning Township, White Deer, and Warrior Run. Northumberland County Communications said they dispatched Point Township Fire Company to fill air tanks and provide illumination. America's host company's tower truck went to Milton Fire Department in a standby capacity. A Meadowberg woman's been convicted of stealing from an elderly relative. Uh, Snyder County DA Mike Piazzo says. Debbie Beechel stole more than $30,000 from an individual over whom she had power of attorney, supposedly in an assistive fashion, but the theft occurred at that time. The DA implored individuals with that power of attorney uh, to, be, uh, to remember their responsibility. Uh, AP reporting today, Pennsylvania's Republican nominee for Governor Doug Mastriano has offered to sit for an interview with the U.S. Congressional Committee investigating the January 6th With the U.S. Capitol and was interviewed by the FBI agents. Uh, Mastriano, a state senator and retired U.S. Army colonel, won the GOP nomination for governor last month, is said to be 100% cooperative. Mastriano's lawyer said Mastriano told the FBI he didn't know about a planned insurrection or any coordination and that he left the Capitol as violence broke out. Mastriano did not enter the Capitol building. Are you clear on that? And did not participate in the violence uh, there. uh, Federal. The House Judiciary Committee indicated they had video of him crossing police lines, but uh, police indicated at the time that police lines had crumbled because of the mass and that Mastriano left. Yeah, the but scene. that
3: was the leak that was thrown out there, and that's the the BS people are tired of down in Washington with the leaks. Okay. Forget about the Supreme Court. Look at the leaks that happened oh my from this committee. Do, are there a lot of leaks out of Congress? Uh, It's so bad that they should have leak detectors and they should have male and female depends in every office. In every
1: office, okay, instead of a hand sanitizer station. All right. Finally, President Biden calling on the U.S. Congress to take action on common sense gun legislation that would make us safer. Addressing the nation last night after the deadly shootings in Tulsa, Uvalde, Texas, and Buffalo, Mr. Biden said we can't fail the American people again.
7: Standing there in that small town. Like so many other communities across America, I couldn't help but think there are too many other schools, too many other everyday places that have become killing fields, battlefields here in America
1: president called on lawmakers to restore limits on the sale of assault-style weapons and high-capacity magazine. Also made reference to the gun show loophole. I'd like to hear what his version of that is, what that actually mm. is, since it doesn't exist at all. All right, don't forget about the chicken barbecue today. Shigalami Braves Foundation, 11 a.m. start of that at the Shigalami Administration Building on the mm. island. Chicken barbecue. Yep. Bob, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
8: Uh, Yes. Uh, As far as incentives, uh, I'm going to say to to get people back to work, of course, certain industries uh, lay off anyhow. But uh, uh, I'm going to say the media, of course, I've been around the media, Mark, almost 50 years. (laughs) But anyhow, uh, like uh, quirks, like uh, uh, bonuses and Passes and things like that to give the companies uh, an idea. Uh, You know, of course, me being around the broadcasting business for so many years, you know, your press passes, your uh, 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 trade deals, and all that sort of thing. And then, uh, of course, uh, with the entertainment, uh, I'm going to say amusement park industry, which I'm currently employed. There's uh, there's all kinds of quirks for. uh, there's uh you know you can go to the other parks there's uh uh, uh tickets there's uh, all kinds of things so um, not of course you know the entertainment uh, when i when i say like the media slash entertainment uh, business versus uh regular manufacturing and put into regular manufacturing uh, more incentives like uh, bonuses and pay rates. Okay. That well, yeah, that'll is, probably yeah. help.
1: Yep. I got you. All right. Super. Thank you so much, Bobby. Thanks for calling. Right, thank you. All right. We'll take more comers. one eight hundred seven nine five nine five six five 795 9565 is our telephone number. Let's see, one of our good listeners sends us a note, uh, says, I googled the AP Pittsburgh story on Doug Mastriano you mentioned yesterday, and as predicted, the headline of the article casts folks like myself as Christian nationalists. Uh, Let's see the headline, see if I can find this, here we go. The headline is, Christian nationalism on the rise in some GOP campaigns. So, I guess maybe we should start with what is Christian nationalism. My understanding of it, and I don't have the Wikipedia definition or anything, my understanding is it's individuals who are, uh, let's say, firmly Christian, strongly Christian, that allow their Christian faith to help guide them in their decision-making. Certainly, uh, Doug Mastriano has uh, done that. Uh, AP did a story last week. One of our good listeners says it was a shoddy hit piece. I didn't see that. Uh, I thought it was a pretty good piece. I mean, it certainly talks about his faith being a significant influencer. I certainly think that would uh increase his appeal around here. We got a lot of people with deep faith around here, but other folks say particularly this headline Christian nationalism on the rise in some GOP campaigns is indication of uh, uh standard media bias. So
3: Well, what I think Mark years ago we talked about this, but maybe somebody can tell us tell me what's wrong with faith. Be it Christian, be it other. But if you take the Ten Commandments in the Christian faith and you use them in any other religion or basically just take out the religious wording and put them in layman's terms, you tell me what society... Isn't better if people follow a large percentage of those <laughs> courthouses still have the Ten Commandments painted <laughs> I mean, the, behind If you the follow judge. those ten yeah. items, any society, I believe, is probably more positive than if they don't follow them. One of our good listeners says, "Since Ben
1: is so much against government spending, I was wondering if." and state or federal grants were used in the construction of the
3: Taj Mahal on South Market Street in Zealands Grove yeah no Tom and, and private funding yeah, okay, yeah, yeah your 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 lack of understanding is your lack of understanding unfortunately it is revealed all right uh, yesterday we talked about and
1: I certainly advocate for if a teacher or other staff member administrator maintenance person at a school wishes to volunteer to undergo training and carry in schools to help make schools safer uh, I certainly advocate for that. Joe says, absolutely not. And to that and one of our listeners says, with or without armor on the teacher, at least having a weapon would give the educator and students a chance, which they don't have, being unarmed and huddling in the back of a classroom. Stan, you're on the mark. Thanks for calling in.
4: Good morning. Boy, wasn't that speech from Biden last night a who
1: Did you keep checks, make mm-hmm. a little tick every time he said a false statement?
4: Well, I didn't get them all because I was busy doing other things, but I did catch a few. First thing is, gun companies are exempt from being sued. Yes, Uh they are exempt from being sued for criminal use of their product. They are not uh, prevented from being sued for a faulty product. Yes. Simple enough. Because if they can be sued for a criminal misuse of their product, then every product used criminally, should be able to be sued for criminal misuse, correct? Wouldn't that just be fair?
3: Including Big Pharma.
4: Yeah, Big Pharma, Big Auto, you know, whatever.
3: Look at the exemptions Big Pharma got with the uh, COVID vaccines. Look at the exemptions Big Pharma (laughs) gets throughout, and people want to talk about loopholes?
4: Yeah, and that that was another one. His gun show loophole and buying guns online again, he lied about that because any gun purchased online has to be shipped to a dealer to be transferred like it was purchased at that dealer. Plain and simple, that's the law.
1: Well, I was watching analysis afterward, and the CBS commentator, I forget who it was at the table, said, mm -hmm. plus you could just go to a a gun show and buy a gun without being checked. I'm like, oh my God. Well,
4: Mark, that's not 100% false, because... As you know, you've been to gun shows. You can walk around with a gun on your shoulder and sell it to somebody. No, she meant, at the,
1: she meant at, at the the tables the, at from, the the vendors. Table, yeah,
3: from the vendors. Well,
4: it's, in certain states, there are people that have tables set up that are not dealers. They're selling their collection. That you. is perfectly oh. legal. Okay. So they don't have to go through a background check unless the state requires it. But, but okay.
3: Stan, I, I, I can go to places in Philly, Baltimore, Harrisburg. And and buy a, a handgun.
4: On a street corner, oh, on the street probably, corner. Yes.
3: Now, it comes with some white powder. I don't know if that's to make the grip a little uh, <laughs> stickier or whatever, but I mean... Talc. Oh, talc. But I mean, this is getting absurd. And the other part is, yes, you want to get into mental health, but the other issue is handguns. In certain cities, and it seems like the Biden administration and the Jesse Jacksons, Al Sharptons, and the other people seem to run away from those issues, and that's black on black crime. Look at the city of Baltimore. So, I mean, gun control—is it only long gun control?
4: Uh, no, it's, it's only—it's—it's it's not even about the guns. It's about people control. Well, that's you true. disarm the populace. And a the government can do whatever they want. Look what they've been doing the past two years to people. You know, they're mandating, you got to get this shot or you won't be able to get work, you won't be able to do this, you won't be able to do that. Well, that's, you know, and that's with people having guns to protect themselves against a tyrannical government. Now, I know people say, well, that's crazy, they'll never do that. That's right, they won't do that as long as the the, are, the people are armed. Because the criminals, as we all know, will never ever give up their guns even though any laws are passed that say they have to, because they are criminals, but people can't get that through their thick skulls. Sorry to say that, but that's the way it seems to be.
1: Well said. good. Yeah, we already have a law against mass murder, right? So he shouldn't have About to pass last that. Last time I checked, yes. Yep, I you. you know,
4: and yeah, and and his other one was straw purchases. Straw purchase of you know firearms has been illegal for. I don't know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years. I don't know how long it's been, but I know that's you know that's been a long time. That it's been illegal for somebody to purchase a gun for somebody else that they know that person is a criminal because that person cannot purchase it themselves.
3: That's true. And, that's
4: been illegal for years.
3: And, Stan, I, I put this out not just to you, but to Mark and the other listening audience, is can we come up with a close, maybe a year or two, definition of an adult? or what a child is, because I have people. Now, your children will always be your children. My daughter will always be my daughter. When she's 60 years old, I'm sitting there in a wheelchair. Still four. Yeah, she'll still be, you know, my child. But your child, I personally, here's how I start to define it. I tell people, when your child is behind the wheel and they're interacting with adults that are out on the highway, they became a young adult the the child thing goes away for me now legally at 18 there's there's some laws 21 there's some laws but when i hear these people and especially today in the daily item i think uh, marcus the uh, washington post writers groups talk about children in their teen, late teens and 20s i mean th- this is getting absurd of how we've coddled and we, we've what we've done to some of these quote-unquote young adults in treating them like children well you know what you treat somebody like a child there's a good chance they might act like a
6: child
4: well that, well, that was the other thing last night what, what did he say oh 40 I don't know how many thousands of kids are killed every year by gunfire blah 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 but they don't he didn't put out there what they consider a child I think some of those there's a lot of people over 18. That are killed by gunfire that, you know, in a normal, well, if they can vote, they're not a child, correct? 18 is supposed to be the age of majority. Our, but and they my count book people if, over it, that.
3: If my book, and if I'll, they can drive, they're not a child anymore.
4: <laughs> well, well, exactly. And, and then, they, you know, there's gang violence that goes on. People killed. I don't want any kids to get died. I'll put it out there plain and simple. I do not want kids to die. Period. But to sit there and lie to us about what's going on in this country, you know, New York has their red flag laws, didn't stop the guy in Buffalo, and he should have been. And I don't know why that was. Is it because juvie records are are sealed that they don't come up on a, a background check? That I don't know. Well miscommunication I don't, I don't know who to ask.
3: For mis- miscommunication between law enforcement on local, state, and federal level. We saw that in nine eleven. But also medical miscommunication and HIPAA. How far does HIPAA go? How far does it go with mental health situations? So there is a just a cluster of miscommunication and lack of between, let's say, governmental type organizations that are supposedly preventing Uh, misconduct and it's not working all right we got you it's
4: it's a failure of the system okay the system has things in place and the system fails and it's constant but the the law buying system has done nothing is supposed to pay the penalty at all times yeah but that's the way they play and i'm tired of
3: it stan the system was not meant to succeed in some regards Thank you, Stan. <laughs> Unfortunately. All
1: right, have right. a good one, thanks. All right, 1 800 795 9565 on the mark brought to you by the Sunbury Motor Company. It's a family owned dealership since 1915, 4th Street, Sunbury, and routes 11 and 15, Hummels Wharf. Those are two of their addresses, but another one you'll need to know is the sunburymotors.com address. Mm-hmm. Put that on the interweb, and you will find out that you can build a Ford, Hyundai, or Kia to your precise specifications. A Bill Cho, a Ford F 150 Lightning, should be coming in, in a couple what of months. Color? Uh, it is like it's that slate gray silver. It looks like a dark slate until you get it in the sun, and then it has well, like the silver. Uh, I
3: told myself I wasn't going to cry today, but when I pulled in and <sighs> saw your vehicle there and the sun hitting that I burgundy, that crazy? I started to tear up. It's beautiful, beautiful. That's the, ru-
1: the ruby red, a rapid red one
3: from it's almost Sunday a Motor color. Company. It's, <laughs> it's a is. little lighter than Shikellamy, but uh, blue maroon and white. Well, is any rumors that the Braves are going to be down there cooking? You're going to have the chief ah, down there. Possibly. I know they're selling the gas. You, you, might, you might have Tom Mertz and Jeff Clock down there turning chickens for the uh for the Braves. For the Sunbury Chicken Braves Foundation. But for Hyundai
1: Kia, you need one, go to sunburymotors.com. If you are going to keep your existing vehicle or you want to buy one of the pre-owned vehicles, go to SunburyMotors.com. Uh, you can go to the Quick Lane on North 4th Street in Sunbury. They got a body shop, an alignment shop, they got a parts shop, and a car wash shop. They got all kinds of shops there, and they would just love to do business with you at the Sunbury Motor Company, family owned dealership since 1915. We will be right back. We'll take more comers. 1-800-795-9565. You can email us at onthemark at www.kok.com or text us at 70236. Wow. Eye-popping figures. Thank yeah, you, Ben, for, uh, for that. All right. 1-800-795-9565. Two quick emails. Oh, actually, one's a text that says, mm. I watched the 2,000 mules. We have 25 states that allow people to take other people's ballots in for medical purposes. But it's a scam, plus taking meals from kids. Mm, Do you know what the connection is? No. I do not. Well, I haven't seen the whole thing yet. So maybe they take the meals that are supposed to be for kids, and they give it to the mules.
3: I know uh, there's a mule for Sister Sarah with Clint Eastwood Oh. oh, oh okay. I don't think she was taking meals or good, Or back to good the bad and the ugly mm-hmm. is that the best western ever uh, I think
1: Clint Clint Eastwood might have been in some of the best ever huh? okay uh, another one of our listeners Doug says the more you and the media mark call it the big lie or say something is a Conspiracy theory. The more a lot of us know, it's probably true. The left labels things right away and sticks with it, even though you just called me the left. Is that not, in fact, labeling? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think labeling is a human issue, Doug. But anyway, branding. The, the branding left labels. They're branding you. Things right away and sticks with it, no matter what. To brainwash people into believing everything they say, to me and to many others, the true big lies that the January sixth was an insurrection and that joke Biden received more votes than any other president in history. Well, he did receive more votes than ever in history, but that's because time is marching on. There's more voters each well, that year. Seems I mean, to
3: be an interesting figure to look yeah, at. The technically, a,
1: every four years, you know, okay. whoever wins should get the most votes okay. in history. That's just the way time well, goes on. It's
3: called the electoral college.
1: And guess who got the second most votes in history?
3: Donald Trump. President Trump, mm-hmm. right? There's no, no uh, uh, dilemma it's, it's there. The elect- it doesn't matter how many first downs you get, Mark. It's how many points you score. <laughs> <laughs> All
1: right. Uh, Chris, you're on the mark. Thank you for calling in with plenty of time left on the show. I appreciate it. Well,
9: Mark, it. You, uh, you said there was no gun show loophole, and uh, Stan explained that there was. Okay. And I think you still believe there isn't. You've been repeating that lie for uh, weeks now, haven't you?
1: Well, the issue is that there, if you line. go to a gun show, yes, you can have a private sale out in the parking lot. But inside the gun show, you can't buy guns without being checked unless you see this person unless selling their estate. the
4: states for the wallet.
1: Right, that's fine.
9: The last time I checked,
1: my map shows I live in Pennsylvania. (laughs)
9: So there is a gun. When the president says there's a gun show loophole, it still exists in over 25 states.
10: But you really can't call it a gun show loophole because you could sell that gun anywhere and Mm -hmm. have the loophole. So it's not really a gun show loophole. It's a loophole, period.
1: It's the loophole loophole. (laughs) Go ahead, Chris.
9: And uh, another thing that seems to be going on today is you—you introduced it as uh, the the Putin the war in in Ukraine is not the cause for rising gas prices. You did that as an absolute decision, and then you asked everybody about what causes the gas prices to go up.
3: And none of them had an answer. The gas, the oil from Russia, Chris has been flowing and still is flowing. Where? So it's it's the futures to market to Europe. And to other places to China particularly yeah so yes. yes so the futures market has driven the prices up so lo- look I, at you far look far at Russian, look at Russian oil how that is still flowing are they
9: looking
3: no that's what the future is based on but so but the gas is prices were, gas prices were it's months into quarters into a year but Chris the right. gas prices were rising you look at the gas prices look at when they started rising. They started rising in February of 2020 after the Biden administration took over because their policies towards fossil fuels are what the no. futures are looking at. Yes. No, you're wrong. Yes. No, I'm not wrong. Yes, Chris. Yes, look at the are. numbers. No, I'm
4: not. Hey, go back Go back Ooh. and look at the oil
9: company report, their own reports and discussions of it. Chris. And they said it was because of the return from COVID happened faster than they were expecting. That's what they were saying at the time.
2: Okay. The, 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 the
3: return from COVID has been spotty at best, Chris. Certain markets return from COVID. So the gas prices started to started rise after the Biden the administration Wait, one, at, one at a time. Chris, it, it, after the Biden administration's policy started to come out, that created the futures. They were looking at going, what's going to happen under this administration in the fossil no, fuel industry? Yes! That
9: is not what, that is what right, happened. That is what happened, you guys
3: Chris. are going to have to disagree. Oh, what else? smokes, Chris. W- Get some okay, information that you understand from if, business people. From people who I, have to I, deal I with diesel <laughs> trucks truck fleets. Talk to people at Watsontown trucking. Wise market talk to people who what understand they, they have to about move the, things.
9: Why the price is increasing. Why would they know that better than anybody else? Because they live
3: it and they base their industry on it. They base employing people on it. Chris. That doesn't
9: mean they know why. They know it's going up. That's all they need to know.
3: Chris, I think people in business through, know why, why their prices. They might, they might want it not to, but they do know, Chris. So, people so who run business do have aptitude.
9: And the old reports and the business stuff uh, companies that report it. Well, right? Chris, Chris, All let me ask you this. The reason is it's either the war in, in Ukraine or else it's price gouging because there's no in-between on that. Chris,
3: when, on, you ran, Chris. Your, when you ran when you ran your business, you looked at your overhead and you looked how you had to apply your profits to grow your business to hire more people. So when you were running your business, you had an understanding of what went on. Correct.
9: Well, okay. I didn't run a business. So I no, was never okay. ahead of a business. I was okay. involved in businesses, but I was never okay. ahead of it. But so yeah, your your managers you
3: your managers understood that, and they kept you employed. Yeah. Okay, that's good. All right, Chris, what else you got?
1: Please, thanks for us. all your corrections, though. Very much appreciated. We need it on this show. Yes. Bad
3: Putin and gouging. Putin and gouging. Putin and gouging.
9: Well, take a look at it. That's what the, the companies were saying. That's what they all said. None of them said.
3: Please the, send that. It's yeah.
9: only the politicians who want to dump on Biden. There's, there's no inc- from guy Biden's pro- policies. There is no one-year reason that prices should go up. Supply didn't change. Demand didn't change. Therefore, why did the prices go right, up? Let's get Kevin it involved wasn't in this. For the okay. war and. Okay.
10: Here's the big reason that gas prices have gone up significantly. More than 1 billion barrels a day of the country's refining capacity, which is about 5% overall, has been shut since the beginning of the pandemic. Elsewhere in the world, capacity shrunk by 2.13 million barrels a day. And they are, And this is the refiner's. The, the refining plants are the real problem. You can pump all the oil you want, but if you can't turn it into gasoline, it's not going to change anything.
1: All right, your view on that, Ben. Yes. And, re- and that's,
10: by the way, from uh, from uh, Bloomberg, Bloomberg earlier this yeah, year in May. Sorry data. about that, Ben. Bl- Bloomberg
3: data showed that. So that now the refiners look at it, and they say, okay, we can, we'll refine as much as we can get. And now when people say price gouging, then you would say, oh, the refiners would be working overtime to do that. So that's the... That's the misunderstanding of gouging.
9: The refining is part of the recovery. The refining shut down because they had oil at full capacity, no place else to put it, and gas wasn't being used. So they shut down some refining.
10: Actually, Bloomberg attributes no. that before that to yes. the start of the pandemic.
1: Yes. All right. Uh, last topic. What else? Anything else, Chris? Thanks for the loophole information. Really appreciate it. the
9: idea that the, the big lie wasn't a lie, it it most certainly was, because there's no evidence. There's no evidence that was acceptable in court, and yet... These people who call up this show believe it as gospel.
1: Well, it's like they faith. They
9: are every straw in the world. It's they like were, faith. They were counting on the special prosecutor to get the goods, and he has failed so far.
1: All right. Thank you so much, Chris. Uh, really, thank you for calling yeah, in. Appreciate it. Go Cardinals. I really appreciate it. Well, why do you say that? They're playing the Cubs. Chris likes the Cardinals, and I've
3: had discussions over that. Mm-hmm. He's a Jersey Hey, guy, Cubs
1: or? beat him today. They're going to, or yesterday, they're going to uh, beat him no, today. Go Cardinals. It's this bizarro baseball world. Even the Phillies won this week. Are you happy now? <laughs> All right. Uh, let's see. One of our, if Rob Center was right on uh, Thursday. Whoa. <laughs> oh. You hope you hope he Oh, I got to take the break. I'm behind. Yeah. Where's my they, they did, by the
10: way, win, but they didn't lose last night. Phillies? They won on Wednesday, but they didn't lose last night. Well, good. They didn't they gotta, play last. They
3: didn't right. play they didn't play. <laughs> exactly. They they didn't play idle. the yeah and, and they didn't play the Mets. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, what's this with the Phillies and the Mets? The Phillies won every game or something? Uh, Mets, I believe, one about every game they played yeah, against Yeah, the they Mets. struggle against so, the Mets. So, Kevin, but... got, we've got to take a break here, but the Mets and the Phillies played every game they're going to play all season, and then, what, they have three at the end of
6: September they'll play?
10: Yeah, that's fine with me, the way they've been playing the What the, the
6: Mets. heck scheduling is this? All right, uh, we'll be right back. There's something to be said about a sale with a handshake, a service technician who really knows what he's doing. They can explain it in English what the problem is. There's nothing better than having that friend you could trust in the area.
1: Welcome back. WKL Live Telephone Talk Show. In the mark. a couple of moments left, Lance, you get a moment on the radio. Go right ahead.
7: Yeah, I must have tried to call ten times. My cell kept dumping the call. Oh. Yeah, anyway, wasn't yeah, um, when old Biden said about we're not trying to usurp anyone's rights, all we're trying to do is save lives. But he sure doesn't look at us pro-life nutcases like that, does he? No, he sure doesn't. And when he said that the leading cause of death among children was gunfire, well, that's uh, ridiculous. And you go on the computer with, you you have a computer there, of course, you know, but anyway, uh, you'll find that that isn't anywhere close. Uh, Worst that we can find, and this is under 19, was in 2020, and there were like um, 1,400 that were killed. Now, that's all the, the gangland violence, you know, in the cities it took to do that. And if we look on uh cause of death among uh under twenty one in USA, well it appears to be that there's four thousand that die from alcohol one way or another. Eighteen hundred are college students, and I think about twelve hundred of those are overdoses. So <laughs> You can't say that it is the leading
3: cause of death. There's no way. Well, where's the automobile accidents, if you have the stats in front of you? No,
7: I, I don't. All right, we'll oh, have
3: okay. to get them. We'll get okay, them later. Yeah, no. All right, thank you so much, Lance. Thanks for calling yeah,
1: you in. Bet. One of our good listeners mm. says, I'm certainly no Bible beater, but I always did sort of find it strange how strongly against certain people's opinions are against Christianity any time it comes up.
3: Well, remember right. one thing too, Mark. Those who are pro-government people, who feel the government is what they would like to be their religion, okay, or anyway. anti-anti, you know, religion and anti others. I mean, there's a lot of people who feel government is, you know, is the too leader. much. All right. Another listener says, "Yes, in fact, the gun show loophole
1: is a myth." Another one says, "Mark, you're stupid." The meals reference <laughs> is about the government taking meals from schools if they don't stay. Uh, Firm with the transgender policies promulgated by the government. Another person caught it also and says, supposedly there are schools being federally punished for not uh, following gender equality rules. So thank you for that email. I got to as many as the emails Mm -hmm. as I could, but we'll leave the rest for Monday and uh, see which ones are still plausible or uh, feasible, and we'll go
3: from there. Go Cubs, go Phillies, go Cardinals. Get out and enjoy, folks. A beautiful weekend planned for Central Susquehanna Valley. This is WK, okay, Sunbury.